0: Right, you guys welcome back to another episode of little man big conversations finally am i right finally finally we're back with this podcast i want to thank you all for being so patient after these last couple of weeks had a little bit of a computer error computer glitch there that happens out of nowhere had to take the computer into the shop therefore no podcast but fear not we are back and we are in business and i appreciate you tuning in hey before we get into today's episode if you haven't done so already please by all means go and follow like follow share subscribe all the cool good things on facebook little man big conversations podcast and on instagram and twitter instagram is lmbc podcast and on twitter lmbc underscore podcast hey had to change it up i want to take this time real quick to uh thank you guys thank you guys for tuning in a little bit of a bomb drop here in the best way possible, if a bomb drop is ever a good thing. But hey, in this instant, let's pretend that it is. This podcast has been going on for close to maybe 12, 13 episodes thus far. You guys have tuned into the guests. You guys have tuned into my stories all around. You guys are giving some solid feedback. You're enjoying it, which I highly appreciate. But, bit of a bomb drop. After the list of guests that I have revealed thus far in the trailer. If you haven't seen the trailer, please check out the check out the Facebook and Twitter. The trailer is on there. After the list of guests that will be interviewed on this podcast that have been revealed in that trailer, you will be getting a season two of LMBC Podcast. Yes, that's right. We're going to kick it off with a season two. Hey, as a double reveal, double bomb drop, if you will. Ending of season one, the guest I can reveal, the end of season one of this here podcast will be the heart and soul of IPW, Cruz. Big deal. Mr. Cruz does not speak hardly to anyone. Doesn't do any of the media, doesn't do any of the newspapers, doesn't do any of the internet. So it's a big deal to get Cruz on here. And man, we talked for we talked for a long, long time. I really appreciate his time and effort that he put in. Uh was able to... Have a nice heart to heart with the heart and soul. We talked about everything from wrestling to life and everything in between. So I hope you guys, when that episode drops, you guys will appreciate it and enjoy it as much as I had fun recording it. But until then, let's get into today's guests. Today, my guest is a pioneer in Queensland Wrestling's women's division. She was one of the first ever friends that I've made inside and outside of that squared circle. And on my first ever training session, learning strikes, she knocked me on my ass. (laughs) She joins me today, ladies and gentlemen. It is my esteemed honor to bring to you Brandy Alexander. Brandy, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Flash?
0: Uh, I'm doing well. I have to say, I'm doing well because I'm afraid if I give you any other answer, you're going to knock me down again.
1: (laughs) Well, that's good. At least you know the truth
0: (laughs) now. I've recapped on a couple episodes here already speaking about my journey with the business, speaking about how I got into it and the friends that I'd made at that time. Now, I referenced at the top of this episode, an introduction just before that, yes, you indeed were one of the first friends I made in wrestling outside of coming in with a guy at the time called Blaze. Do you remember, because I've spoken about this on the podcast, do you remember that Dance off segment and that gigantic, ridiculous, oversized red jacket that I wore into training?
1: Oh, I do. I do. Uh pretty clearly, actually. Oh, no, I remember right. thinking, who the hell is this kid? And then I realized <laughs> you're actually older than me. So you know, it was interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember doing that dance off, and uh the psyche behind me going, Hey, you know what? I'm going to come to training. I'm going to join up with Blaze. We're going to fulfill this high school mentality that we uh, – this high school dream that we had about doing this. So I thought, hey, you know what would be great? I'll jumpstart my my friendships in this wrestling world. I've worn this gigantic red jacket into the ring. I'm going to wear it to training. And the look of daggers <laughs> that I had from <laughs> the likes of yourself and everyone there at the time was uh, – very indescribable. I'll never forget walking into that little side office room of Hawks, Blaze saying, Hey, this is my mate James. He wants to join up. To which Hawks spun around, took his glasses off, and went, Oh, yeah, the fucking dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, great start. So, uh, yeah, happy to know that, uh, yeah, who the hell's this kid? So, um, but we've known each other pretty much since 2008. Uh, so, going on, man. Going on 12 12 years now, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, there was a lot of times there where we arguably spent a lot of times doing those shows. There was the transitional phase from the monthly shows when I started. You were already having some momentum. You'd already been established at that point. And then we switched to the weekly shows out of the training facility. Then we changed venues. And then... Shortly after we changed venues, that was around the time when you had decided to take a leave of absence. However, our friendship didn't stop. We ended up doing work together again um, in about 2000, and I want to say six, maybe 2017, and then sporadic appearances since then. But I've always, uh, I've always kept in touch with you as best as I could throughout those years. Is it crazy to think back on now that not only has your career lasted? such a, a length of time, give or take, on and off peaks, notwithstanding, but to look back and say, man, because you, you started not, not 12 years ago, but you started, when was that, like 2006, 2007?
1: I think I started in 2006. I was 15 when I started wrestling. Wow. Um. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I went to my first, Um. they used to do like open training sessions and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. And I would have been 14 at the time. But Hawk told me that I wasn't allowed to come back until I was 15, which is surprising considering in the years after, I'm pretty sure we had 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's yeah. what it is. <laughs> so
0: was that because I've um, spoken to a few of the guys from that were there at the time of the original incarnation of the company when it was starting in '99, 2000. And they were saying that <laughs> they were saying that the training was done out the back of. I think it was a sex shop. Was that the training that you had to attend?
1: Yes, yes, it was. Okay. We we did actually train next door to a sex shop, in which uh, Hawk ran. So yep. he'd just wander out through the little sex sex shop and us little kiddies in there we'd uh we'd have a look and see the big dildos and <laughs> <laughs> adult toys and I think it opened up a world of possibilities for us you know.
0: <laughs> so at, at 15 that's going to be uh not only are you wrestling and sort of fulfilling a, a, I guess a, a childhood dream at that point but man you're getting a deep dive experience into the uh one extreme world to the other.
1: Yes yeah we were.
0: <laughs> so how long was it for you so so what made you sign up actually what made you get into it cuz obviously it wasn't a case of I'm going to go to a sex shop oh hey there's a wrestling school next door like <laughs> h- how did you find how did you find out about it and uh what drove you to to actually considering it and undertaking it
1: Um interesting question so I um I guess probably from the age of about 10 11 clicking through channels one day I come across this um this wrestling show on yeah. on Foxtel. And um, I just happened to see these two guys standing in the middle of the ring. One of them wearing, like, a pretty shocking uh, fake hairpiece and the other <laughs> one with long hair. Yeah. Um, and I just see this one with long hair spear this this guy with the really shit hairpiece and then pull <laughs> the hairpiece off. Right. And I went, what the <laughs> hell am I watching? Yeah. And like ever since then, I was hooked. I loved it. Like, I ended up, it ended up being Kurt Angle versus Edge, was what I was watching.
0: Right, right. It was around the time where he had his head shaved. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how old were you at this point when you had seen this?
1: I think I was, I think I was like 11. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So, eleven year old seeing uh, seeing a man de to the to the joy of twelve thousand people in attendance.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it was uh, like I just thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And then, as I kept watching, I did see that there were a couple of girls there, and I right. just I, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe these absolutely stunning, amazing looking girls were going out there and doing, you know, doing what what they were doing. It was insane. And, um, anyway, like, you know, I watched it. I was an avid fan for years. And of course I was loved getting on my trampoline and killing my (laughs) sisters with these, with these wrestling moves, five-star frog splash all the way, you know? And, um, anyway, so it wasn't until probably I was, yeah, I was 14 at the time. So maybe 2015 when, correct me if I'm wrong there, sorry, 2005, correct me if I'm wrong there when Eddie Guerrero died.
0: Yeah. November, 2005. yeah. Yeah.
1: So he was one of my absolute favourites. I loved him. I loved lie, cheat, Steel. I just, yeah. I loved him. And when he died, I was devastated. And I said to myself, I vow I'm going to become a wrestler for Eddie. Because, you know, Eddie cared. And everything.
0: You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. Personal <Post-name laughs> basis. Texts you all the time. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> and my best friend um, who, who also loved wrestling as much as me, and it was actually the reason why we became best friends, mm-hmm. um, Bella. Bella, uh, what what did Pete used to call her? Bella Belima? Uh, Bella Belima. Bella (laughs) Belima. Yeah. Anyway, she decided she would, she was going to come on this quest with me and she was going to start wrestling as well. So I Google searched wrestling schools, everything like that, and nothing was coming up on the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. Um, But things were coming up in Melbourne. Right. I remember remember being 14 and going to my mum, mum, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm dropping I'm out of school and I'm moving to <laughs> Melbourne okay. and I'm going to, I'm going to live at this training school and I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle in Melbourne. I'm going to become a wrestler. <laughs> and my mom said, you're a dickhead.
0: <laughs> and... <laughs> a lot of faith in that family at that point.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, anyway, so we went, we, my best friend and I just happened to be like talking to people at school about it. And someone turned around to us and said, Oh, you know, they do live wrestling shows. In Southport, at the basketball um, stadium down there. Yeah. And I went, oh, are you? Because uh, I was like, are you sure it's the right stuff? Mm. And they go, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. It's the fake stuff with the chairs and the tables and the junkyard bashes and all that kind of all that kind of hoo-ha.
0: Because <laughs> you were concerned it might have been that Greek Olympic wrestling.
1: Yes, because yeah. because Bella and I actually did start doing the Greco-Roman wrestling.
0: Oh, really? And, so you started uh, off doing shoot wrestling just for the sake of finding something local?
1: Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. Just because I thought, you know, Kurt Angle had a background in Olympic wrestling and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a go and see if I'm any good. I was actually really good.
0: Humble <laughs> <so. laughs> humble brag. <laughs>
1: yeah, just humble brag right there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we are doing that down at our local PCYC until we went and saw our first live wrestling show down at Southport at the basketball stadium. And I loved it. I just couldn't believe it that these guys were out here doing exactly what I wanted to do. And it was only around the corner from me.
0: So how long was it that you were doing that uh, shoot wrestling? Because I I never knew that story. So how long were you doing that with Bella before you went, hey, let's let's go see the show. And yeah, we're going to transition over to this form of wrestling now.
1: Well, we started when we were 14. So um, we probably did it for about six months.
0: Oh, Um, really? Okay. Yeah.
1: Because Bella was also younger than me so and I didn't want to start without her. so I waited until I was um, till it was halfway through the year so that Bella turned 15. So on Bella's 15th birthday mm. or the day before we went down and we did our first training session where we learned how to bump and everything like that. So yeah. on her 15th birthday when she had everyone over and I'd slept over at her house and everything,
0: we couldn't move. yeah, Could move. yeah. okay.
1: Like, yeah. so Greco-Roman wrestling really, like, fitness-wise, it's amazing. But, you know, the wrestling that we do takes the biggest toll on your body. And I was only 15.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I get that because, uh, yeah, it is one of those things. It's uh, arguably not only does it test your, obviously, emotional and your mental capacity, but without a doubt physically. And, yeah, especially at such a young age. But that didn't deter you, though. It was kind of like, okay, this is what I'm in for
1: yeah no, I loved it. I loved it. I felt like I'd done something um to be, it was strange, bit yeah. masochistic of me, but I was like I felt like I'd done something exciting with my life and this pain was worth it, and it just made me even more excited to start.
0: Right. Okay. So you guys have you guys have caught the bug. You're there with your best friend. You're starting to starting to learn the ropes, starting to learn the traps. How long was it then? So you spent six months doing shoot wrestling, but how long was it then now from training in pro wrestling till you had or the idea was talked about of you getting on and starting to do shows?
1: Um, probably probably another six months from then. So I think I had my first show when I was still fifteen. Okay and at the end of the year. And, um, and it was a rumble. Right. So it was at, uh, Southport RSL. I'm pretty sure it was. It was the first and only show that that particular company had, um, <laughs> at that venue as two of the guys decided to get up on top of the bar and, <laughs> uh, start having a hardcore match up there and we got booted out and were asked to never come back.
0: Booted out during the show or at the, at the end of the show? After. after oh yeah. The show, yep. Okay, wow. So uh cool. That's an interesting start. So you you've had your debut and then you're told, hey, get out.
1: Yep, pretty much. And then uh from there we were still at the basketballs, um basketball courts for a little bit and then we moved to train where the sex shop was.
0: Oh, okay. So you started doing shows wait, did you start doing shows out of that area or you just started training in that area?
1: Um God, it was so long ago. No, I think you're right. No, I think we did always train out of the sex shop area. But I think after that initial show, we had a very big break. Okay. We had another live show.
0: Yeah. So this would have taken you now to um, the Bicentennial Centre.
1: Yes. Yeah. So the next show we had was at the Bicentennial Centre. Okay. And it was probably about, I want to say, like, even, even six months, maybe even a year after that initial show.
0: Till you were getting out there again and having your, then, okay, wow. So are you deterred at any point or are you just committed to say, Hey, I want to get on these shows?
1: No, I wasn't deterred at all. I, to be totally honest, the shows back then, you know, back then being a show was really cool, but it it was also quite stressful at 15. Um, I, but I loved training. I thrived on training. Training was, was just what I lived for. You know, any chance I got, to go down there I was at training Mm. I loved uh, learning from um learning from these guys who I idolized you know I'd only seen them in a couple of shows but they were just so amazing they were getting out there and they're actually living the dream that I wanted to live
0: yeah no I I I share the same sentiments because those same guys uh years later when I was there and we hang on Years later, when I was there and we had that reunion show, man, like I had seen the footage of these guys from the major impact shows. And then when these guys came in for that reunion show, it was like the damn wrestling Oscars for me. I was like, wow, there's that guy, there's that guy, there's that guy, there's that guy. So I'd been exposed to these matches of these guys and and girls uh, long before I ever got to meet them. But to know that not only was I learning from these people, but to then... Have an opportunity to work alongside them with live events was such a trip. And and you're saying you had a, a similar experience?
1: Oh, absolutely. I was starstruck from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any girls though to sort of look up to. When I when I first started, um there was one other girl, but she was she was in and out with injuries. Um, yeah. and she was a fair bit older than myself and Bella. Um, okay. and then we had another another young girl who was about my age as well, start up with us too. So there were three of us 15-year-olds, another lady that was 25 in and out. But that was sort of it.
0: Right. Okay. So it was mainly the, a lot of the pressure then was, I guess, to, to starting a consistent, based on what you said, it's starting a consistent women's division. A lot of the uh, invisible, I guess, pressure um, was put on you and Bella at this point.
1: Oh, absolutely, and it was because uh, because Hawk wanted a women's division,
0: right? Okay, that was, uh, was it. There, he
1: wanted a women's division, and and he was going to get that with us.
0: Did, was there a conversation that happened that he said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm going to put a is it was he starting a women's belt and doing the whole division thing, or was it just a, a case of the the unspoken rule of like you girls are fighting, that's the women's division, or did he actually come to you and say, hey, 'Hey, we're going to be doing this'?"
1: Um, no, yeah, uh, I I can't actually. I can't actually remember. I don't actually remember a whole bunch of conversation with Pete about what was happening. It kind of was more so a point where you'd rock up at a show and you do the before-show meeting and they'd say, all right, you get the belt.
0: Right, okay, yeah, because I remember there was a glass cabinet at the training facility when I joined, and um, in in that cabinet there was a red and yellow belt, and I every day it was like, You know, it was like the secret, visualize what you want. And I kept (laughs) staring at that little belt and I was like, it matches my jacket. That's as far (laughs) as it went. I just thought that'd be a cool little prop because it matched my color scheme. And I don't know, I thought it was classy. And then eventually Pete allowed me to use it. It became the Flashmatic Championship. But about uh, maybe a year later, I found out that that was technically The uh, the rookie and or possibly the female belt at the time was there ever was that belt in existence when you were there or was that just sort of not showcased at all?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I think that was actually my first ever women's belt because you want to know why?
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: I used to hate that belt. Yeah, (laughs) I couldn't fit the damn thing around my waist.
0: Yeah. I I did not have that problem. I was. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I'm sure it was built specifically for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Many moons before I joined, there was a vision in place, being like this four foot ten, eighteen year old will come in here and he'll wear this with pride because his jacket will match the color scheme. Let's make it um, exactly. So that belt was in existence. That was the first championship that you had won. How long was it? Do you remember what year it was or how long into your career? Because you said from that Rumble to changing venues, to having technically your second match, but your first singles match, I assume with Bella, it was about a year. So are we in 2007 now?
1: I think so, yeah. And um, I think I, if memory serves me correct, you might have to ask a few other people to verify this, but I'm pretty sure I won it that first show. Oh,
0: okay. So it was a case of, hey, we're going to kickstart it right now.
1: I think so. I I have a feeling that's how it happened. And if it wasn't that first show, it was within um, that first few months of starting the live shows.
0: Right. Okay. So what's the process like now? Is there So you're the women's champion of the division at the moment. The division exists of you and Bella and some variables depending on life circumstances, whatever's going on. Did the women's division gain some stability after this point or was it still sort of fluctuating month to month?
1: It had the stability. It just didn't have the size. Mm-hmm. So, again, it, again, myself and Bella, we would go in massive feuds for months at a time, and, and yeah. which was actually really cool. Like, a lot of people say, a lot of people don't enjoy wrestling the same person for yeah. months on end. You know, yeah. They say, oh, it's boring and you can't do this and you can't do that. But we had some excellent trainers with us and we found that every match we did had something different to it. Mm. And we just knew each other so well that it didn't matter how many time how many times we went out there and wrestled we yeah. just came up with something different because we knew each other so well we didn't
0: the right right yeah
1: we knew what was happening at the end yeah uh we talked about what we do at the beginning and then we made it up in the ring as we went right it was so always something different yeah
0: did your did your friendship um, grow stronger from this team because you had that familiarity, because you had the consistency of fighting each other every month? Did your friendship sort of flourish from that?
1: Oh, it did, but it also was very isolating. So, again, right. remember that at 15, 16 years of age, you know, we were still in high school. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, we still had studies to do and homework and yeah. assignments, and we still had other friends that didn't really sort of understand what we were doing. So, you know, there were, there was a period there where at lunchtime we would just sit, just us two, and just talk about wrestling nonstop.
0: Right. Okay. And then it
1: sort of alienated us from our other friends a little bit um, until we sort of tried to start including them and and bringing them along to shows and showing them what we do. They still were a bit like, what the fuck is this? But
0: <laughs> yeah. at least
1: they knew what we were talking about.
0: Yeah. And was schooling like that um, a lot for you growing up? Was it very like an isolating time or were you like – Just feeling isolated because, hey, we're doing wrestling and uh, these other guys don't get it, but we do.
1: No. So one of the first things I remember hearing when I first rocked up to IPW Mm -hmm.
0: um,
1: was someone turned around and said to us, welcome fellow misfits. This is where the misfits live. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, it's kind of true. Like, you know, I, I went to 13 different schools. I had lived all over Australia. Um, I'd always been a little bit of an outsider, um, okay. and Bella was the same. So, it, for the first time ever, it was a place where we really felt ourselves. and We really felt we could, you know, be who we were.
0: Yeah, yeah. What? What? Thirteen different schools. You traveled all around Australia. Put a pause in the career for a second. <laughs> why? Why were you traveling so much? And 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 obviously the schools were based on the travel. But why? Why was it you were traveling so much?
1: Ah, uh, to be totally honest, we've got no idea. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> I just remember being. Uh, we started up here in Queensland, yeah, um, on the Gold Coast, and I remember my mum moving myself and my sister across the Nullarbor down to Western Australia, or across to Western Australia, right. Um, and then I think we just slowly sort of made our way back.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I don't know why she moved around so much, but eventually we we moved our way back up here for me to start high school. But yeah, so it did include a lot of uh, a lot of changing schools, a lot of uncertainty as to where I would be. Um, not even every year, every six months, right? Um, and whatnot. So yeah, I was kind of always a bit of an outsider.
0: So starting uh, starting wrestling with Bella. You guys are pretty much beating yourself up consistently each and every month yeah. now. You're feeling a bit isolated, but knowing that you had to travel around so much or had that experience from traveling around so much as growing up as a kid and obviously developing those friendships at school only to go, hey, don't worry, we got another 13 more to go. Were you sort of hesitant now with this school before you had met Bella or was this a case of, hey, I'm exposed to the fact and I'm just going to make friends because I really don't carry the way if I move or if I stay?
1: Yeah. It's, um, I thought we were pretty settled on the Gold Coast. Okay. So I was kind of, and I was kind of at the age where, um, I said I wasn't moving. Like I just, I wasn't going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I had, I had found Bella. So before that, you know, you, you, you've got friend, you have friends and everything like that, but you, it's, you find that one person or that couple of people that, you know, you're going to be friends with for life. And she was just one of them. Yeah. And, um, and just wrestling. Like, we hated each other when we first met each other. Really? Oh, hated each other.
0: Why was that? Was it just a case of, like, I don't think I'm ever going to get along with this person or?
1: I don't know what it was. I think she had a really, really strong fuck-off vibe. Anyone that's met Bella <laughs> knows, like, if she's looking at you like that, run away. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I just had a bit of a fucking attitude at school, to be honest. Mm, mm. So, you know, she had this big, mop of hair that was curly and brown and I used to go around calling her Hagrid
0: (laughs) Okay, and
1: she used to want to punch my head in and then it just so happened that one day I was sitting in class with one of the boys talking about wrestling and she's like I love wrestling and that's just how our friendship developed.
0: Right so the power of wrestling sort of overcame uh overcame the schoolyard bullying as, as it was.
1: It did and yes I am ashamed to say that I was the bully (laughs)
0: because Bella's Bella's not your average height for a girl she's a lot taller yep so I guess that's where the (laughs) I guess that's where the the origin of the Hagrid comment came in tall and brown shaggy hair
1: yep yep
0: wow okay you heard it here first Brandy's best friend (laughs) was insulted on the playground from day one (laughs) Friendships for life. All right, so you've established the friendship. You've now solidified yourself. You're not moving from the Gold Coast. You and Bella are friends through the power of wrestling. You guys start training together. You have matches together. You get crowned the champion. You're going month to month now. Women's division develops a bit of stability now. Um, We're pretty much hitting into 2008 now. Yep. This is around the time when I think I joined middle of the year um i did that dance off segment i came in and this was a very weird transitional period for me because i had only seen that one show um i guess similar to you coming down and seeing that one show and being like yeah look i'm hooked sign me up um i'd come in i'd always been a fan of wrestling i'd seen My friend Blaze debut against Ash. I thought, this is insane. I've got to do this. I've got to fulfill the high school dream as it would be that we would always do this. I signed up. I idiotically wore that gigantic red jumper to training because I thought, I'm cool. Nope. I got daggers in the eyes for that. Uh, Hypothetically, not literally, because that would have been painful. But that was a period of time there where I started to become friends with not only you, but Bella as well. And I, true story. I, I remember learning and having you become one of my first friends in, involved in wrestling. But I also remember being paired up with you. I think it was because of like a, like a, like a height thing. Like, all right, everyone of equal height, go and train like that old thing. And yep. yeah, we, we locked up and yeah, I just remember you, uh, you were really, I remember you being really intense and committed to it at that point. I don't know if that belt was still in existence at that point. I don't know if we transitioned over to, I think he got a, a black and silver one. I can't remember, but yeah, I remember meeting you and um, yeah, having a, a similar experiences to you upon training where I was like, yeah, this is going to, this hurts, but man it was just something about that place and it's had such a family vibe and do you remember me coming in and starting to train with you like do you remember these times like when that when we had that uh new training facility down there
1: yes i do so um at, at that stage i was i'm pretty sure at that stage i was very committed to um to wrestling so hawk lived above that training um that training place so he would open training every day so training he would just open it up to anyone that wanted to come in and i was there four or five times a week in the afternoon if i wasn't rolling around the ring or practicing wrestling on myself you know someone else would rock up i know blaze would rock up pretty regularly yep um and we do a lot of one-on-one stuff with um because you know like how many people rock up five days a week you know Maybe yeah. on a Tuesday or a Thursday, you'd have ten people, but most of the time it was only a couple. So it was really, really rewarding to be able to go in every day and um and and really train hard. And I was, I was, I was so focused. Not so much on. See, this is this is the thing. I wasn't focused on on making something myself and wanting to leave and go overseas and everything like that because I didn't have that kind of vision. I I was just focused on being able to go out there and wrestle with these people that I um that I admired for their Mm, skill I wanted I wanted to be able to keep up Mm. so um yeah when you started I guess the thing is being being a women's wrestler back in the day not now because now the divisions are just insane like Mm. the girls are crazy these days they're so amazing I've never seen so much talent ever before yeah. than what i'm seeing in in this in this day and age for mm. women yeah
0: yeah
1: but back in the day i only really had trish stratus and leader to look up to and um in hindsight you know yeah they were they were great for back then but they're nothing now yeah nothing compared to the talent that's out there so i really felt i had something to prove um with not we're not just being another diva. I didn't want to be a diva. I wanted to be a wrestler. And when I saw you come in, I kind of thought he's a diva. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. What a diva! He's a big red jacket. What a dickhead! Yeah. <laughs> no, I kind of, I kind of thought no. Okay, if this, if this guy wants to come in here, and he wants to be with us, and he wants to train with us, and then he wants to do shows with us, he needs to prove that he can actually handle it. Yeah. So I was I was never the nicest to to the rookies and the trainees and everything like that because I always felt not that you had to prove yourself, but I wanted to see that you actually wanted to be there. Mm. Had you have turned around after you did a training session with me where I was quite stiff or where I was quite hard on you and I'd turn around and say, have the fuck up? Yeah. Had you have walked away from that and gone to Pete or gone to someone else and been like, Oh, I don't really want to like train with brandy anymore, or you'd gone, Oh, it was a bit, it was a bit hard, Rara. I would have instantly gone he's not for this business.
0: He's not for
1: this business.
0: Yeah. Now you were always stern, but you were fair. It was, it was from the school of tough love, but it wasn't anything that either you yourself had gone through or you yourself wouldn't put yourself through.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's, that's how I felt like there, uh, there are a lot of stories um, that I've heard sort of like coming back into wrestling now where, you know, some, some of the girls that, that were in and out of the business, when back then when I was training and everything like that said that they they stopped wrestling because I was too stiff or I was um too hard on them or anything like that. And to them I say, Well <laughs> the fuck were you doing in there?
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, it is it is a strange wrestling is something that I think a lot of people they see it on TV and they go, yeah, like I want to do this. But those bumps, like, like we've established throughout this whole conversation thus far, those bumps are really killer, especially the first one. Um, I th- think it I think at that point we had just sort of on the cusp of friendship. It was like a, it was like a familiarity thing. It wasn't like a case of, oh, I'm gonna go and hang out with her or go see a movie or anything like that. <clears throat> go see a movie or anything like that. But it was from that. Um, I think I was starting to earn your respect, which then blossomed into a friendship. But at this stage, I'm doing the the basics with you. I'm learning the strikes. I'm learning the sort of mechanics of it all. And then I get in that ring and there was a time period there where it was like, I don't ever want to be wrestling. Um, I always just envisioned myself and kind of limited myself only to just doing managerial stuff because I felt – Almost like I would insult the guys that were down there by saying, yeah, I want to wrestle because I didn't think I at that time had a place there. And that's not from anyone's perception or anything that anyone did towards me. I want to make that clear. No one made me feel that way. That was just in my own head at the time. But I remember taking those first bumps and I remember having my come to Jesus moment where you you flat back bump, you go, oh, God. And you go, yeah, come to Jesus moment. But... Sometimes those people that are really passionate about doing it take that first bump and yeah, they have end up having those conversations with people going, Oh man, that sucked and I realized it was this hard. And so you were saying like, you know, if it, it it's either go hard or go home for you at that point.
1: Yeah, exactly. It exactly. I um I, I didn't understand I couldn't understand, especially with some uh, with one of the girls that was older than me. Yeah. I couldn't understand why I was well, there was the the constant, the the constant bitching and the constant tears and the constant, um, uh, just her trying to make me look bad or feel bad, when I was just doing what Hawk had taught me to do.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So, it was. So did that sort of isolate you even more because I know you said that you and Bella felt isolated because of your love of wrestling. You had the friendship there. No one else get it. But now you're seeing other female wrestlers. Are you feeling more isolated now? The fact of these girls having a different reaction to you or was it a case of just black and white? Like this is what wrestling is. I don't know why you're doing this.
1: No. And it it was, it was very black and white for me. It was, it was very black and white. And there were, there were a lot of people in the wrestling community who would say, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, Mm -hmm. They'd say they men have this issue as well. They've got the men that have this issue too. So it's not just a women's thing. It's it's just, I don't know. It's for me, I just never understood. Like, I never understood why they were here. Did they did they think it was fully fake? Did they think that you weren't gonna cop any knots? Did they think that the mat didn't hurt when you landed on it or the ropes didn't leave you with bruises down your side from running them so much? Yeah. Did they think that coming off the top rope was going to feel
0: like landing on pillows. Like, I just don't understand it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people, from what I could gather, uh, especially at that time, um, a lot of people presumed that wrestling, and some may even still do now, but the business has changed in a lot of ways, so um, hopefully not the same way. But back then, definitely a lot of people probably felt that that ring, because of the way that, you know, that ring was was structured and built – a lot of people probably thought, hey, this ring's got a spring in it. But, man, you pull that apron back, you take off those side skirts, there ain't nothing but metal and wood in that in that ring. There is no spring at all. So that probably is why people went, oh, yeah, you know, wrestling looks fun. It looks like it's spongy and, yes. and got, it'll absorb it. Uh-uh, that ain't the case. It <laughs> it was structured yeah. and designed in a way that all the metal would, would take the impact at once, so therefore relieving the tension across the board and, and – I guess, giving the longevity to the ring at that point, not causing any structural damage. But no, there was no spring in that ring at all. Um, and
1: I'll tell you, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you, but especially the IPW ring, because it was the only ring I'd ever known. The first yeah. ring I wrestled in and the only ring I wrestled in for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. But the harder you hit, the softer it was.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I-
1: like, if I would, I if you came off the top rope and you landed doing a splash or you landed doing anything, I found the impact so much less um, absorbing in my body. So, sorry, so much more absorbing in my body than than um, than like if I was just taking, if I just walked up and would take a normal bump. Yeah. I'd walk up sometimes and take a normal bump and that spring just wouldn't move. It wasn't enough to make it move. And then you go, oh, God.
0: See, that was such a weird thing to be told by the trainers at that time to say, hey, you know, slap, you know, hit that mat. Race for impact, um, the harder you hit it, the less it's gonna hurt. And I'm thinking, no, the harder I hit it, the harder it's gonna hurt. Like I didn't, yeah, I couldn't, exactly. I couldn't comprehend like more is less. I've always yes. heard the mantra of less is more. So I'm going like, meh. Like I'm I'm trying to do these initial first bumps, first day bumps, to which you laughed and shook your head, but I'm going like like I'm almost rocking back like oh, I did one and it's like no you just literally just rocked back you were squatting and you just sort of like rocked back like an old grandma chair about to give its last legs like yeah. it was terrible
1: because even yeah. at the best of times even at the best of times you got to be taking a big bump or that ring won't move and you oh, just yeah. like you were hilarious you were so funny because you you'd land on it like a feather and it just would not move <laughs>
0: I don't weigh much more than a feather. I was hitting that mat. I think even Hawk got up me. He's like, attack the mat. And I'm like, I'm trying. Yep. Was, that, was, that a, was that a weird thing to be told as well when you were starting, like to have that mantra? Because it is that saying, less is more. But now you're being told more is less. Was that a weird concept initially to understand?
1: It wasn't for me um, okay. just because I did have a background in judo. So I did competitive judo from 11 until – uh, I was about 14 and then at the end uh, when I was 14 and a half was when we started amateur wrestling where they do, do breakfalls as well. So throughout that whole time I'd known how to do a breakfall. i know how to yeah. slap the mat even if they're not, you know, even if it's not a wrestling mat, like just slap normal mats and stuff like that and break my fall. So, so you- for me it wasn't hard, but I know for Bella, she really, really struggled getting the concept.
0: Yeah. It is that weird thing with um, when you start wrestling of, I believe, I've I've always dubbed it the survival mechanic where the first time you're doing those bumps, there is something in your brain, which, which isn't a freak, but it's that voice going, "Um, excuse me. um, We don't like throwing ourselves towards the floor at this point in time. So we're going (laughs) to like, we're going to put in like the safety emergency system, which is basically, you're not doing this. So there is like the back bumps once weren't so bad once you sort of got the initial run through like hey hey yeah okay this is this is kind of good and the front bumps uh the way they were described to me and the way it was acted out i think I, I i don't know i don't know why but i felt a lot more comfortable doing that but hey everyone's different like everyone didn't some people didn't do the back bumps some of them excelled at them some of them didn't like doing the front bumps. Again, some of them excelled at them. Flip bumps for me were always like, man, can I uh, sit this one out for a long time? And I don't know why it was. I think that was, it must've just been the scariest sort of bump for me at that stage. But given your background pretty much in contact sport at that time, was there any of those bumps with, for you that were like, uh, yeah, this sucks. Like, it was hard for you to do, or given your background, it was like this is easy.
1: No, I actually got all those bumps pretty much first go round. Um, again, I I had been doing those those for years, including the foot bump. They still do that in judo. Um, you know, we'd done it at wrestling and at at Greco-Roman wrestling and everything like that. So that wasn't so hard for me. You know, again, I say though there were so many people that took not even weeks but months yeah and months to yeah. learn how to properly do a flip bump. And then eventually some people would just roll. They just roll. Roll yeah. on the ground and 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 do a bump, which was fine. But I also found that for the people that struggled, it is really, really confronting to be standing there in front of a group of other trainees, mm-hmm. whether you're whether you're a man, a woman, a boy or a girl at this stage. Um, anything it is really confronting to be standing in front of a room of people and be failing at something that you're terrified of doing so it's always nice when the trainers um would make you um do um activities right that would include those kind of bumps in them without you even thinking about it yep um, so it was like, you know, you'd, you'd walk into the middle of the ring and someone would sweep your leg and that's how you would do a back bump or you'd walk into the middle of the ring and someone would do a drop toe hold, which is how you did a front one. Or someone would throw you at the ropes and then do a hip toss, which is how a lot of people actually learn how to do flip, flip bumps, especially the bigger guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is one of those things where that they where kind of, they developed that mantra on that, those, those exercises though, that allowed, um, not only yourself to sort of feel comfortable and gain confidence in the ring, but also have that almost like a supportive exterior family kind of vibe to it, where it wasn't critiqued so hard because it wasn't all in due fun, but it was enough there to have that, to build camaraderie and a, and a friendship so that when it came time to seemingly be judged on whatever move or or reenacting whatever sequence or you know, learning a different move or a transition in front of your then strangers. It's now feeling a bit more comfortable because they're not strangers, but they're, they've started to become like your friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like they were, and they were, they were a family and they were, they were friends that only, you know, someone in wrestling can understand. It's so strange because wrestling is such an isolated sport. It's not like, it's not like rugby where you go and play with 15 other guys and Mm. then when you're out on the field, you play against another 15 other guys and you do that week in and week out so you meet hundreds of people that love rugby and, you know, everything like that. You don't do that. There's not actually that many wrestlers out there. Yeah. So it is, uh, I believe it is a very isolating kind of sport but once you break into it and you meet people, they're genuinely some of the best people you'll ever meet in your life.
0: Yeah, it is. Once you crack that mold, and like I said at the top of the podcast, I've known you for 12 years, but you know, I had, to, I had to go through that process to knowing you, which was like complete stranger, had those camaraderie moments, built that friendship. But speaking of friendship, though, it's around this time, heading in from 2008 to 2009, where there's a lot of fluctuations, a lot of changes in the women's division, and now at this point – your, the person you started with, your best friend, the one person you could always talk to not only about life but wrestling, Bella starts having on and off show periods there where she is there for a couple of months and she takes a few months off and come back and things like that. What was the reasons? Do you remember why? Was, was she just getting injured a bit then or getting a bit hurt and needed, needed the time to heal? Or
1: I think it was a little bit of everything. So at that time, we were 17 um, turning 18. Um, so you know we were we were still very young. You know I had already I had dropped out of school um, in year eleven to start doing a chef's apprenticeship. Um, right. But Bella was still at school, so Bella was then preparing for her um, for her final exams at school. So you know she didn't have a lot of time to train, yeah. and um, you know I love Hawk and everything like that, but he always tended to have a couple of people that he needed to to niggle at to pick on and at that time she just happened to be that one. You okay. know, he'd he'd say she was lazy and she um you know if she if she wanted to be on shows she needed to show that she was actually wanted to be there and everything. And it wasn't that she didn't want to be there she just had other things going on in her life. On top of that like you know we had friends that were already 18, they wanted to start partying they wanted to do that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to fit wrestling around that. Yeah. So, I guess it was just a whole bunch of things. I think she also like she had um you know she had a love interest at wrestling um that you know didn't didn't really pan out. so I think she lost a lot of i think she lost a lot of love for the industry um, when she lost her love for that person
0: right, okay. what was it like for you, though, because you're now at that point where like nothing has hindered the friendship, and she's not mad at the industry so much as to say, "Screw this, I'm out of here." It's just, no, hey, like,
1: is a little bit disillusioned with the with the industry.
0: Okay. Like, but I think
1: she was more so then then when you're in Year Twelve and you're think and you're and they're telling you that you need to be studying for, or you need to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I mean, I know you don't, but at the time, you really think you do. Yeah. You know, and um, I think she was like, "Well, wrestling's not." going to pay my bills wrestling's not gonna um you know it's not going to put food on the table it's it's not it's something I do for fun so she really had to prioritize how like what wrestling was in her life and at that time her exams were just more important
0: right yeah I mean life happens man sometimes these these situations in life ultimately override the rule of wrestling there is that uncardinal rule of wrestling of Sometimes you gotta put the business first. A lot of the times you gotta put the business first. You can miss yeah. out on on weddings and birthdays and anniversaries and those important life moments because that is what entails and that is what is needed in the industry. But there are times similar to what you know you guys were going through, especially coming up through a high school where, hey, man, I gotta I gotta finish off my schooling degree. And and that's what was happening for her at that point. But for you, having that companionship not only at school but having the fluctuating feelings as well of being like hey you know i'm gonna start this apprenticeship um are you starting to feel a little bit disdained with wrestling at this point because the psyche with the women's division changed at this point right like you you got sort of by default put with the guys
1: yes it did so we ended up um so at the time I'm pretty sure I was the only female wrestler um, that was, that was fully there. And um, I mean, this was, again, this was after I'd already had a break from wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd I'd gone away. I would dated someone in the wrestling um, sort of circuit um, since the age of 15.
0: And, you know,
1: like, I think that was very detrimental, um, in a way, because all my thoughts as a fifteen-year-old girl were on this boy. Right. You know, like I, you know, I was wrestling and everything like that. But I loved it also because, you know, this love of my life, this my everything, was a wrestler as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, w- I wasn't. Um, I guess my focus was split. Anyway, this guy. Um, there was a couple of companies coming out at the time, like a couple of splits between IPW and um, the wrestlers there who decided to leave and start their own company. You know, yep. all all well and good. Everything was all fine. Um, a couple of months later, the guy I start dating turns around and says, oh, I want to jump across to this other group because he thought they would be better. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay, well. And when we went in to tell Hawk um, at IPW and everything like that, we walked in. And we we had our belts with us because I was the women's champion and this other dude was, I don't know, something else. Don't even know what he was. Um and um and Hulk just said to us, get out. Drop the belts and get out. And right. He knew and he didn't want to bother it. So he said, leave. So we did. And we ended up, I ended up moving in with this guy and his family. Okay. Um, I think I was 16 at the time. Um And I I, um, started my chef's apprenticeship up there while I was was with him and we were going to start going to this other company. Anyway, sure enough, uh, we break up.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Before our first training session with this new company. Right. Um, Okay. And so we rock up to this training session together but not together.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And um, my head just, like, I thought I would be okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and because they asked us at this other company they're like oh do you guys mind if we split you up and put you in different factions mm-hmm. so, and, and he's all like oh yeah 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 we're not even together anymore you know uh, i'm seeing this new bird rah, 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 and it just kind of devastated me that i was like "What the fuck am i here yeah and i remember at that point going god like and i even had you know i even had one of the the guy that started it turn around to me and go if you want to stay, stay. I'd rather have you here than him. Yeah. Because you know they needed women. They needed a women's division.
0: Mm.
1: And I said, um, no. I've got to go back down to, I've got to go back down to the coast, or I've got to do whatever I need to do to sort of sort my life out and get myself out of this guy's house. And um, and anyway, I ended up staying up in Brisbane with someone else who I was working with in my chef's apprenticeship. Um, but the chef said, if you're going to be working here, you can't have weekends off. You know, chefing is split shifts, so it's nighttime work. Um, so you can't go to training and you can't have Saturdays off because Saturdays are our biggest days. So I, I stopped wrestling there for a little bit. Okay. And then when I decided I'd had enough of that, I decided I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I moved back down to the coast and I walked into Wadu Street where we did where we trained. we hmm Um, and I had a match with Bella after not being in the ring for months and months and months. And I remember with us turning around and saying, that's magic. That's just pure magic. Because that, that is what a women's match should look like.
0: Wow. Okay. And this was at training.
1: And this was at training. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, so you've you've come back after having that time away. So is this is this now um, at the end of twenty seventeen, middle of twenty eighteen? Oh, sorry, two thousand. Is this now at the end of two thousand seven, beginning of two thousand eight?
1: I think it was, Yeah, I think it was the end of two thousand seven, beginning of two thousand eight. So then you know, fast because Ash because Bella was still wrestling at the time. So then you know, fast forward a little bit um, to after Bella left, and I was training. Five days a week um still we I think at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, are we still at the Bicentennial center or were we doing weekly shows?
0: Um, I think we're heading into two thousand eight, we were definitely still there, and I think it was towards the end, if not beginning of o nine that we transitioned over to doing them out of the uh, training facility,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, to go from the Bicentennial Centre, which I thought was a pretty amazing venue, to the Shed, was um, a really hard transition, I found. Okay. Um, I felt very backyard-ish. You know, we're getting crowds of like 10 people that were mainly just family members Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in the beginning. And I just, I, I just found the whole thing a bit yuck to be honest. And I think I started to become very disillusioned then.
0: Right. Because those kind of shows, like they kind of tested all of us in the sense of like, you know, you got to cut your teeth. Sometimes you get crowd numbers like that. Sometimes it is 300 people. Other times it is 10, but it's that old mantra of like, you go out there and give the show no matter what the crowd number is. could be 10, Absolutely. could be 10,000.
1: And I'll but- be totally honest. I gave some of my best performances in that little friggin' shed.
0: But these shows out of the training facility kind of tested everyone to cut their teeth because it was that old mantra of, hey, it doesn't matter the crowd size. you got to give that same performance each and every time. But for you specifically, you also went through a bit of a character reinvention at this point. Was this because you you just wanted to test the waters and see what you wanted to do? Or was this to do with the fact that, hey, Bella's not here. That old version of my character kind of does things with her. I'm going to change it up and see what I can get.
1: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of everything. So I think I was, um, I think I was a little bit bored at the time. I also, I wanted, like, I, they say wrestling, you know, is it, it's quite a creative outlet for people, and an outlet just in general. And you know, I was, I, I really didn't like the change into just working out of the shed. Um, I really didn't like the fact that that you know Bella had left and there was no women's division at all. Um, there was a couple of trainees coming up, but nothing, you know, solid. And I think I just let my frustrations out in the form of um, changing my character and 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 turn that disgust at working in the shed to disgust at the crowd.
0: Right. Okay. So you went from being the, what were you, like you were uh, the sort of rocker chick with the, with the headbands and coming out to Offspring and now you're, you're sort of like this complete, 180. You're just like, no, I'm not going to stand for this kind of things. And you did, you had a really big career reinvention at this point, but you get into the stage now where you've redeveloped your character, but this is also the time when, um, everything gets pumped on the brakes, both personally and professionally at this point, there is, um, there's a time there where, you know, you had left the company, you had, and this was, this wasn't a case of, you know, being led astray by, people that you were dating in the industry at that point um, you know, other federations rocking up at this point in your career, you're having the resurgence, you've got the new character, you're really diving into this alternate persona of your original character, this 180. And now it's a case of, all right, I'm out of here.
1: Well, not necessarily. So there is a, there is a little bit of a story behind that massive break that I had from wrestling. Um, so, at, like I said at the time, we had a couple of we had a couple of young trainee girls, and I'm talking young. They were like 12, 11, 12 year olds, and um, and um, Hawk had turned around and said, "I'm going to separate the boys from girls. We're going to have a girls' training night, and we're going to have a boys' training night, and there's going to be no um, they they're not going to train together. You're just going to train separately." Yeah. And um I didn't agree with this. And when okay. I didn't agree with uh Hawk, I always made it quite known. And I made it quite known that I didn't agree with it, that I didn't like the fact that he wanted to separate us from the boys. I so said that's how I got to be the way I was. Right. Was by training with the boys, not so much boys, but by training with everyone and not limiting who I trained with. And yeah. he but he had this idea in his head that he, no, the girls were only going to train with girls and that was it. And um, you know, so we had we had uh, quite a large fight at training um, one night, mm-hmm. and I and I walked outside to get some fresh air, and he followed me out. and we were having a screaming match in the in the car park, and right. then he he told me to get out. He told me to leave, and okay. I did. And right. and that was it. Like I I think I'd had enough by that point, and I just said no. I'm just not doing this anymore yeah again i was i you know i was on the on the verge of turning 18 um you know i had other things in my life other than wrestling as well i had friends that wanted to go out and and everything like that and i think i just went well you know um we took a massive step back and we started you know doing shows in this shed for, for very little crowds week after week after week it wasn't like we had a massive 300 person crowd one week or a 150 crowd one week and then we had 10 people we consistently had 10 people one week 10 people the next week yeah and I just had enough Mm -hmm. and um I just went this isn't you know what I kind of this isn't this isn't what I kind of gave up my chef's apprenticeship for this wasn't kind of what I had envisioned yeah so I said well I've got to do something else
0: yeah okay so now you're that was pretty much – what would you say that was? That was like maybe the end of 2009 for you?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, because uh, I don't remember that argument, but I remember because, you know, we were still obviously – and uh, to this day, still friends at that time. Um, I remember the situation that went down because I said, hey, I think I, I think I rang you or I messaged you or did something, and I said, hey, like, you know, are you at train today? And you went, no, I've quit and that hearing I was like what like I started having flashbacks to like Blaze and Fury leaving and now I'm like man one of my first people I ever met in this business now she's left but I never really pushed the fact and never really asked the issue of like what went down what what happened you just sort of said no I just don't want to be there right now and you know you, you were professional in that aspect although like probably inside you were screaming and I guess you know in reality you were screaming as well but I'm sure internally walking away from that considering how much um passion and energy you'd put in for those last four years well three or four years at that point um that must have felt like you know I'm I've just what how, how were you feeling at that point was it a case of well now what the hell do I do or you did you hate wrestling like every form of it?
1: Um I think I did. You know, I think I went through this stage where I kind of blamed um wrestling for everything that went wrong in my life. Like all my right. all my all my friends were graduating from high school and I didn't graduate. All my friends were, you know, starting uni, but I couldn't do that because I didn't graduate high school. All my other friends were s- sort of moving on with their lives and I yeah. was sitting here just hating this sport that I'd done since I was 15.
0: Alright, you guys, we're going to hit the pause button with Brandy Alexander right there. I know, such a bastard thing to do. Hey, if you haven't already, please follow the page on Facebook, Little Man Big Conversations, on Instagram, LMBC Podcast, and on Twitter, LMBC underscore podcast. Don't fret, part two will be dropping real quick. Thank you all for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.